welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable, and let's have a chat about my day thus far. It's been a long day. Let's get into it. I don't know why I keep doing this. I should just keep it cute and concise when instead I want to run around the world around the country in the intro when it's supposed to be cute sweet and concise I'm sorry for that (laughs) let's get into the video I mean the podcast you know what I mean oh the day 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 It has been a day. It's been a long day. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about this day because I wanted to just take some time to decompress, reflect, um, examine, and kind of just process. I wanted to kind of like take just a couple of seconds to process because since I don't know what time I woke up this morning, it was probably around 8-ish, um, since 8 o'clock this morning, or maybe a little bit before that, I've been running and it's now 7.20, I mean 7.12. So I just want to take some time to compress. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to try to aim to talk about my morning, how that went, how I started some new um, habits. I'm going to share with you guys some habit trackers that I've been trying to do to make myself feel like a person make myself feel like a human in this season that I'm in. Um, I just want to develop more healthy habits so that I can be a healthy person spiritually, um, as far as my soul, my body, mind, etc, etc. So that's what we're going to talk about first. Then I'm going to share with you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge myself to just hit the high points of what resonated to me um, with this leadership retreat training conference situation that I went to today. I'm going to run through that and then um, hopefully I'll go ahead and go ahead and go ahead about my day and then you go ahead, go ahead and go ahead about your day. Okay, let's start with this morning. So. excuse me (laughs) this morning I woke up yes I did Mm -hmm. I woke up that's the first thing that I did this morning I said you know what I'm gonna wake up and so well I didn't say I was gonna wake up but you know the Lord had me to wake up he said you know what I'm gonna let her wake up so he let me wake up I'm sorry that I'm running around in circle I'm trying to get to my notes so I'm just stalling but he let me wake up here we go And you know what I told myself? I told myself last night that I'm going to get out of the bed in the morning. No longer am I going to lay in the bed and kind of like wake myself up that way. I'm like, as soon as my alarm goes off, I have to walk across my room to go get my alarm and I'm not getting back in my bed after that. So that was the first choice that I made of my day. And That choice actually sparked me with this word that I had, which was basically choices. And it came to me about this thing of like, make a choice that best serves you this morning. Um, And then I talked about how mine was getting out of bed immediately after my alarm went off. And that caused me to then make another choice because I said, I'm not going to get back in the bed. Another choice was like, well, what do I do if I can't get back in the bed? So then I was like, I might as well go and brush my teeth, wash my face, get ready for the day. So I did that, did my hair, 
Then I was like, what do I do then? I'm like, I can't get back in the bed. What am I going to do next? So I was like, let me kind of just get a little bit ready because I know that I have a Zoom at 9 and it's already 8 o'clock right now. Let me kind of like get myself presentable. So I decided to do that. And then I was like, there were so many things that I wanted to do this morning. I wanted to read because I've been reading lately, but I wanted to read a book. But I was like, no, the next choice I was like, I have to give God my first. So I was like, I'm going to prayer journal this morning or I'm going to read the word. I'm going to do that. So that led me to my devotional. It was really good. Um, I had a really great prayer. Um, I read in Matthew this morning because that's where the verse of the day came from. And so usually I'll just read the verse of the day. Then I'll expand it and I'll kind of skim through the chapter. And usually I'll read the chapter from the verse of the day. Um, so I skimmed through the chapter and some things that stood out to me was the Lord's Prayer. Obviously, I've known the Lord's Prayer since I was four. But there was a way that I learned it in order to recite it. But I read it in a different translation today. I read it in the NIV translation. And for some reason, it hit different to me because it it put it in a language that helped me to see the prayer in a whole nother light. And I'm like, I've recited this my whole life and I've understood the gist, but I never really understood like the actual meaning of every line, like our father who is in heaven or who lives in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's how I learned it. But in the scripture today that I read, it said, let your name be holy. I love that because it's like you don't really think about what hallowed be thy name means. You just say it. You know what I mean? But to see it in those words of let your name be holy, it's like acknowledge God and then say like, let your name be holy, let you be set apart. Um, then it was like, give us this day um, or give us the food that we need in this day or something like that which was cool because it helped me to see it in another light. Forgive us um, as we forgive our dictators, you know, lead us not into temptation. I forgot what the line is in the scripture that I read today, but um, it basically just said, let us not be tempted and help us to overcome the evil one. And so, oh, let your will be done too um, on earth and in heaven. And I love that. That line stood out the most to me because I was like, not only let your will be done in earth, but in me. Let your will be done in me. Let me be the light um, in the salt of the earth. Like really resonate in me, work in me, transform me. I want to be free because I'm going on a freedom, freedom journey right now. And so that led me to my prayer this morning about, you know, please see my efforts, Lord, invigorate me, energize me and encourage me to do. I said do more, but I actually don't like that verbiage. It's more so just to do your will encourage me invigorate me energize me to do your will so that's cool prayed cool read cool did a little bit of singing cool great I felt great after getting done with my devotional so then I went to my zoom conference leadership training retreat whatever you want to call it it was a part of a requirement um being a part of SGA and I loved it. It was a long day. It was from nine to like five. And I think we even ran a little bit past five or right up to five. It was a long day. I mean, we had we had presentations back to back to back to back. I believe there were like six presentations that we had. All of them were very informative, some more engaging than others. But overall, 
it was great so I kind of just want to take you guys through some things that um resonated with me today so we talked about ethics as one of those presentations and that was actually one of the first presentations that I actually like really enjoyed I had a couple I think it was the ethics one that I really enjoyed the diversity one um and the pl event planning because I like the presenter for the event planning so those were my three but really top two favorites anyway so we talked about ethics really cool because I love being hypothetical theoretical all of the ethicals that there is I love that type of stuff um and so we talked about ethics the definition that the presenter described the definition of ethics as is what is right wrong good or bad and basically he described it as the principles that guide your behavior and your decision making um and then I like this quote that he that he quoted from someone named Albert Camus and it says a man without ethics is a wild beast loosened um loosed upon the world and that basically means that a person without good and evil or a concept of that has no boundaries and I think that that resonates well so anyways, we go ahead, we talk about our personal code of ethics. So what are our code of ethics that we want to, you know, abide by, you know, what basically what are our values? What do we value in life? What are important to us? Principles, morals that guide us. So for mine, it was faith, respect, optimism, family, community, integrity. Those are all things that I value. Um... Then we talked about ethical dilemmas, which was so fun because he gave us so many different like scenarios of like the first scenario was you're at a sport event or a concert. Do you think that is fair to move forward or change your seat or whatever like that? And he was like, answer the question as is. And that was so hard for me because if any, if y'all know me, y'all know that I am a perspective seeker. So I can't just answer that question unless I have multiple perspectives or a little bit more clarity to the situation. Like, what is the situation? Did I buy the tickets and I bought the seat that I'm sitting in and now I want to move to another seat that somebody else bought because in that case that's not fair but if it's free for all first come first serve it, I feel like it's cool to you know move your seat but he was like answer it as is you know just as it is we don't want to focus on the situation it's just your ethics and I was like okay so I ended up answering I'm like well somebody was like um heck yeah it's fair you know move your seat whatever whatever however however and then I was like no I wouldn't move my seat like and then when I gave my explanation I basically shared with you guys what um share with them what I shared with you guys just a second like I'm looking at the details like are there is someone como se dice disabled and I'm taking a seat from them did I pay for it it's not fair if that's the case so anyways one of the other scenarios was like, you know, you get caught in a riot, you need a PC and you see that Best Buy is being looted. Do you go in and take a PC just because everybody else is? So that's based off of your ethics, what you were doing. Not. Is it right or wrong? Um, or another example was, you know, you go to the store and you see that you got three change, like $3 over. They The person gave you more money back, um, $3 over. I don't know how to phrase it anyways. And they were like, what do you do? Do you take it back? Do you pocket it? Do you just, what do you do? I was like, if I get, again, 
It depends on the situation and what's going on. I need more information. Did I go home and I found out that, oh, I look at my receipt and I see that the person accidentally gave me $3 more? Probably I'm not going to go back to the store because I feel like $3 is not a big deal. Um, but if I'm at the store, I see and I catch it automatically that while I'm at the cash register, the person gave me three extra dollars. I'm like, oh, no, you gave me the wrong change. Here you go. Cool, cool, cool. Somebody challenged me and they were like, well, Kamari, you just said that you're all about perspective, all about perspective. What about that person's job when when their supervisor finds out that the money doesn't check out because you didn't bring the $3 back? And I was like, you know what? That's a valid situation. And also going along with that, they gave us another example about, um, about someone else said for me they would take it back or for them they would take it back because they worked in fast food or they worked in retail and they know how it is for the money to check out and it's like a big deal and they have to pay that money back da, 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 da. so in light of gathering more information and more perspective on the situation that also influenced well maybe I would now that I know that now I can call on that experience that I've heard somebody else has to know that oh this might be the case it may be more detrimental than what I previously thought you know what I mean and that's why I think that knowing the situation is very important which I will get to a little bit later then just a couple of more examples or scenarios that they gave us was like um you go to the ATM it you only take out $40 but it accidentally spits out a thousand dollars do you pocket it do you go back into the bank and say hey there's a problem what do you do or you know you see somebody's wallet on the floor and you see that it has money in it and somebody's name and their address and their number of how to contact do you contact them do you leave it there or do you take it again all these different questions of what you would do what you wouldn't do and the whole time, um, our presenter was very, not adamant to the fullest extent, but his whole point was that he wanted us to to understand that we should be focused on our morals, you know, when making these decisions, not based off of what someone else would do or if someone is watching you or not, what would you do based off of your morals? And I 100% I agree with that. One thing that they um, brought up was that um, integrity and ethics are the same thing. And I personally do not think that integrity and ethics are the same thing because integrity is basically you doing the right thing no matter if someone is looking or not I think that ethics as going by his definition ethic ethics is basically the guiding principles that determine how you act and your behaviors so I don't think that it's the same thing you know ethical versus integrity now integrity Integrity can be one of your morals, which influences your ethics, but I don't think that they're the same thing. And so we kind of got caught up with that whole definition. And so then we were trying to argue basically, is it right or is it wrong? And this is where I'm going to get into basically the challenging points about, you know, the conversation. I agree that morals should be, you know, or... In the case of ethics and your morals, they are personal because it's basically what you would do in that situation based off of your values. You know what I mean? But then the presenter kept asking the question of, is this right or is this wrong? And I don't think that that was the right question to ask because if you're telling us to, 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 
why is my mom calling me? <laughs> if you're telling me to reference my own values, then it the answer will vary per, from person to person. So maybe he was just asking, is this right or wrong for you? But this is why I think that he wasn't really asking that because he was like, I'm going to have to talk to anybody if they pick the wrong answer. You know what I mean? Like, we all know what the right answer is. There you go. We're picking the right answer. And I'm like, it depends on how you're looking at it. It, it depends on how you're measuring it. Because if you measure it a different way, you'll get a different result. So that's my biggest thing of like, if morals and your personal code of ethics are personal, they're not universal, then it's really hard to argue what's right and what's wrong if you're basing it off of personal morals and ethics. Because I may believe that, you know, based off of my morals and my ethics, taking taking money that's not mine is not right. But somebody else, based off of their morals and their principles, what they value, their ethics may be totally different because they don't value, you know, I guess, respect for other people the way that I value respect for other people. Like in their view, in their world view, they don't see that as stealing or taking. They see it as the system messed up. The ATM is their fault. It's the bank's fault that fault that they didn't have their system together and it spit out a thousand dollars so that's just good luck for me I just got blessed today like that's that may be where they're coming from but that's not where I'm coming from so for me it's wrong for me but for them it's totally right for them so my question is what are we measuring because that dictates now another thing the last point that I wanted to make that he kept talking about was that um your ethics should be you doing the same thing in every situation, regardless of the situation, because you're relying on your ethics. You're relying on your personal values. You know what I mean? And let me refer to my notes just a second. So I wrote that they said that ethics should be the same regardless of the situation. Um, and I think that is yes or no. Yes, the same principles should be should guide your behavior. Like when looking at a situation, you should always be going back to your same values and your bank of principles that will guide your situation. But in light of new information and other perspective, it I think that it would better serve. I don't know. In light of new information and new perspectives, it changes how you make a decision. Like it'll help you to make a more informed decision. You know what I mean? So let's get into that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. For me, I think that ethics is not that you should behave the same or make the same decision regardless of the situation. Like if you say that your ethics are stealing is wrong, regardless of any situation, you're not going to steal. I don't think that is that black and white. Like regardless of any situation, this is the one thing that you will do. This is how you behave. This is the one decision that you'll make. It'll always be it's wrong, it's wrong, or it's right, it's right. I don't think that is that because situations are everything. Perspective is everything. And it influences how you make decisions and it influences how good of a decision that you make. So I don't think that your ethics or your guiding principles should be or the way that you express ethics, I don't think that I'm getting the, the language right here. But I don't think that the way that you express your ethics or 
ethicalness, whatever you want to call it. It's not that you behave the same or make the same decision regardless of the situation, but instead you refer to the same set of principles and morals to make that decision. And I think that's what the presenter was trying to get at, but I don't think that he was saying it in the words that I could comprehend. So I had to, you know, change up the language so that I can understand it. And let me put out that disclaimer. I find a lot of the times me and other people that I'm conversing with, we're speaking, we have the same le- the same message, we're just speaking totally different languages. So the way that someone may explain something, they may be trying to convey the same message as me, but because of the words that they use, I compute it as something different. So I have to translate it so that it can make sense in my, <laughs> you know, to me. But it's the same message. So I think that's what he was trying to get out. But the language that he was using made it confusing for me because it felt like this is what you should do every single situation. And so I also said that everyone may act differently because um, they have different morals. They have different values, which translates to different ethics or expression of their ethics, whatever, whatever. And then I wanted to look into this further about researching the idea of like congruent being the same but not equal. So for me, your this is where my thought process was going and I haven't hammer, hammered this all the way out because um, I didn't have the time. So maybe we'll do it here if we have enough time. But let me share with you where my thought processes were going. I was thinking that Going along with the whole thing, I'm not going to repeat because you already heard me. I was thinking that your behaviors or the way that you act, the decisions that you make, they should not necessarily be the same every single time regardless of situations based off of your ethics or based off of your your values but instead they should be congruent or consistent they should line up so based off of what you value whatever that is that should be dictating how you're acting in the situation it may be different with a situation that's very similar but because of added factors new layers caveats you know all these different aspects it may switch but you're still referring to the same bank of principles i think that's exact now that i process it i think that that's exactly what he was trying to say i just didn't like like fully how he was saying it i'm gonna come back because i hear my mom screaming and screaming and screaming talking about mare 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 so i'm gonna go and talk to her i'm gonna come back we're gonna pick up i hope y'all understood me bear with me because i was going around the country not that being my favorite word now anyways i'm coming back bye (laughs) all right so that's enough of that Um, I hope you guys understood what I had to say. So in my definition, ethics, you refer to the same pool of values, the same pool of principles that will help you in the situation, but it shouldn't be a set, a set decision or a set action, or it doesn't have to be that in every single situation because situations require something else different but your actions should still be consistent with what you say you believe you know what I mean like they should be if you say you value you know people and whatever however that may look in any situation then that's what the decision should be you know what I mean so that's all that I wanted to say I think that now that I've thought it out everything like that I'm realizing that more more than not 
me and the presenter were speaking the same language, just different dialects. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that's done. I really, really love the presenter. I really enjoyed the presentation because it was one of the first ones that was really engaging and I love engaging presentations that actually get feedback from um, students or from the participants because it drives, it drives us because I was so tired in the morning, but that woke me up. Anyways, moving on. We had a whole pancake versus waffles controversy where basically we had to choose as a group whether or not the whole world would from now on move forward with pancakes or move forward with waffles so at first because we're doing a group like we're doing a como city say group decision i didn't think that it was a debate i'm trying to sell my group on you know a decision i thought it was we're coming to collective so at first i was like do you guys want to make up a pros and cons list like what is what do you guys want to do like um should we talk about it <laughs> like what are i don't know like i wanted to be more like that but then they were like, um, keep in mind, this is lighthearted. So just throw out what you feel it should be. So I'm like, I, I wanted to be pancakes because I personally like pancakes versus waffles. I feel like waffles are very dry. Um, they don't do anything that they need to do. Again, they're just dry. They're, they're cardboardy. They're one noted and it's basic. So I personally do not like waffles. But the next thing you know, Dylan, he comes out full force. He's like, okay, so this is why I think that waffle should be this. He said something about he global warming. Did it? I don't even know he said global warming. But he had all of these great facts. And it was like, okay, like, it was a compelling argument. But I was not going to back down because one thing about me, I'm going to argue and I'm going to be defiant. So I'm going to have to do what I'm going to have to do. So my points ended up being, you know, pancakes are universal. You're talking about, I forgot what it was. But I was like, when I think of pancakes, I think of universality. <laughs> Utility? I think that's the word that I was looking for. But I'm like, I feel like pancakes are universal. You can do so much with them. Then I brought up the point that you don't need specific equipment like waffle make um, waffles do. You literally need a waffle maker to make waffles. Whereas pancakes, you use, use a griddle, you can use a stove, you can light a match on some logs and make it in the wilderness. Like whatever it is, pancakes will be there to sustain your life. And then I had brought up this point about pancakes came first before waffles i don't even know if that's true but i'm like pancakes ran so that waffles could walk you know what i mean like pancakes set the tone and then dylan was like pancakes were an accident they were made an accident and they're like a sorry excuse because basically they're trying to be cake and we already have that i'm like not you coming full force but i still wasn't gonna back down and I actually got people to come over to my side and so it ended up being pancakes so i'm proud of myself somebody else said that it wasn't crispy and you know like waffles i said well we can make pancakes crispy like there's just so much you can do with it so that was fun the last couple of things that I'll talk about is we did the next um, presentation on civic health or civic engagement. How can we basically engage with our city, with our society? How can we contribute, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that I wanted that really stood out to me that resonated with me was we watched this video about how movements happen. And it was like just basically a scenario of this person. They were at like a... A music festival or something like that and there was this shirtless guy just out just doing some flamboyant dances just excuse me just out there just dancing crazily right and so he's confidently out there doing his thing and that's 
basically the commentator was commentating on the video and the different characteristics of what's going on basically analyzed and it was like for one thing it takes a one lone nut to step out and to confidently do something to set the tone and then they talked about how while the leader may, you know, step out and have the courage to basically do something in the midst where nobody is ever doing it, the first followers are the ones that really spark the movement. So then they showed this one guy joining the guy. And then from there, there's another person joining in. And three is a crowd. It's like now it's solidified when there's three a three is a crowd and so they talked really heavily on the importance of the first followers because they're the ones that actually drive the movement if you're a leader and you just stand out and you have the courage to step out and nobody wants to follow then nobody follows nothing goes but if you're the one that steps out and does something that's like unconventional or crazy and you have the confidence and the courage to do it but then somebody follows you that's like in a way validating whatever it is you know what I mean? And that's what fuels the movement. It's what fuels the, the message. It's what gives validity to the whole situation. But one thing that I wanted to point out from that video that I saw that really stood out to me was that new followers, this is what the video said. It said new followers emulate the followers, not the leader. So after the third guy joined, there was a whole bunch of other people that joined, but they followed the the new follower, like the 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 first one that was to join after the leader or the the third guy. They followed the second and the third guy. They followed the followers, not the leader. And that resonated to me because it made me think of so many different things. It made me think of Christianity, about how People are more likely to, like when you're first joining whatever it is, right? You're more likely to follow the followers, not actually the leader. You're just emulating what you see down from the line, from the generation, right? And so that stood out so greatly to me because I think that's why we see a lot of corruptness within religion. We see a lot of corruptness within governments. We see a lot of corrupt. I don't even know if corruptness is the word that I'm looking for, but we see um, corrupt behaviors going on, corrupt conduct in social justice movements. Because you follow the follower, you don't follow the leader. So if that's the case, it really doesn't even matter what the leader was originally trying to do at that do at that point what the leader's original intent was what they actually were setting if the followers don't accurately emulate the leader then the new followers that come on don't accurately emulate the whole intent of the message if that makes any sense are you guys catching my drift are you guys understanding what I'm saying so basically hearing that it spoke to me because it made me want to be a better follower of Christ like if I know that people who may want to join the faith are going to be following me before they even follow Jesus, I want to make sure that I am as close to Jesus as possible, as close to emulating him as possible. So that when somebody joins the faith and they see me and they see that I'm a Christian and they want to follow, they're following Jesus through me, through what I do. But if I say I'm a Christian and that somebody wants to join the faith and they see how I act, they're going to be likely to follow me and what I do do and if I'm not doing what Jesus did I'm not doing the building of the kingdom any justice all it's doing is delaying whatever's supposed to be done if you guys are catching my drift but that same 
analogy applies to so many different other areas it applies to other religions it applies to other social movements it applies to other businesses systems whatever whatever so that is just a word to myself and to you whatever you're a part of if you're following something you better hope that you're being a good follower of whatever you're doing because nobody is looking up to the leader you would think that they would look up to the leader but they're actually looking up to you because you're you're on the same level as them you're a peer and hannah talks about this all the time about you know different teacher theories teaching theories etc etc about how students are more likely to learn through peer interaction and through you know social social interactions within their peer groups you know what i mean like they're more apt to pick up on that than what the teacher is doing what the teacher is saying and that's the leader you know what i mean so make sure that you're being a follower in doing whatever is appropriate for the cause for the xyz so that when somebody else new comes along they're actually doing what needs to be done it's doing good it's serving is serving well to whatever the cause is, if that makes any sense. So that's just a testament of how something can get so far away from what the intent was because it's a chain effect and you're so far away that you just follow what you see. And if what you see is not what the original leader was, I'm I'm just running around. I'm not even gonna explain it. I explained it five, seven, eight, nine, ten different times just the same thing but different ways hello editing kamari here i just wanted to come in to bring some clarity to what i was talking about yes a lot of the times once you join an organization once you join a faith once you join a group whatever it may be obviously you want to look up to the leader it's not to take away from the influence that a leader has like they are the leader but it is to say that followers a part of that group a part of that organization etc etc have a really big impact in you know influencing the new followers you know what i mean it's just to say that you know we too also play a role in that. And, you know, speaking from a Christian perspective, talking about Christianity, that's why Jesus calls us to be like him, to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth, because we're supposed to emulate him so that when other people come and they join, we set the standard for what it is. What is Christ like? What does it mean to follow Christ? Like we set the standard because people are going to emulate what we do. So it's just to encourage us to make sure that we're emulating the leader so that whenever someone comes in we they will be emulating the leader as well because we influence we are influential as peers just as much as the leader is influential and so if you separate yourself from the leader and you veer off and do your own thing but you say you're up under the leader people are looking at you they're also looking at how that reflects the leader when that wasn't even the leader's intent that was your business what you doing over there so it's just to say that you can take that in so many different areas. If you want to think of it as a job, make sure that you're reflecting your job and it's, you know, agenda or whatever the the culture in this in whatever it sets. Make sure that you're following that because when people come in and they're looking at you as a 
um, employee that's been there longer, yeah, they're going to look up to the, the supervisor to make sure that they're following the big things, but they're looking at you to see how you do it. This is more than likely. It's not to say this is how it happens all the time, but this is talking about likely. Like They're likely to look at you to see how do you do it? Because you've been a part of it. You've been following a leader. So if you're not doing it to the, to, you're not emulating the leader well, then that's just further influencing, you know, other people. It may lead, lead someone astray. So it's just to take a little bit of accountability. At the end of the day, it's still their choice. But at the end of the day, it's also you had a part to play in it. You did influence. So yeah. I just wanted to give a little bit more clarity um, with that. So that's something that stood out to me. Bear with me, guys. It's been a long day. I mean, I do this all the time, even if it hasn't been a long day. Like, I'm trying to get better at, like, you know, being concise and direct in my conversation and in my communication because I tend to just run around. And I also find myself lacking in words. Like, my bank that I can recall you know, on words, like it's very limited. So I'm just struggling and grasping for straws to find the right word to convey my ideas. So I'm going to work on that because I have a lot of ideas and I want to express them and share them. But I have, I find myself having difficulty expressing them how I want to express them um, because I am lacking in my vocabulary. So that's that. Um, We talked about voter apathy. She brought up voter apathy or just apathy in general. And I can understand where she's coming from. And I wanted to touch on this because I talked about being politically apathetic in my last video, Conversations Changed Lives or something like that. And I talked about how I like to consider myself politically apathetic. And to a certain degree, I do. But that to a certain degree, I don't. It's not that I don't want you to vote or that I want you to vote. It's just that I'm just not as passionate about it. Because from my stance, it just um, it doesn't serve me well. You know what I mean? I'm still going to vote. Don't get me wrong. But you're not going to see me going to the Capitol for either side because I understand the scope of it, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not going to be blind. And this also brought me to another point that I was realizing of like, um, this is what I said. Okay, I'm not saying don't vote. I'm just saying being aware. I think that's the biggest key about this um because lack of accountability and awareness gives rise to apathy like when you see people who are not holding people accountable who are not holding people you know or not being aware of all the situations it makes me become apathetic towards it because it's like why are we going so hard but then you can't accurately hold anybody accountable in that on either side whatever it may mean it seems like once you choose your side you go hard for the side you die hard for that side and that means because you ride for that side you can never hold them accountable it means that you can never be aware of what's going on and how they're impacting the world whether it's good or whether it's negative it's all about the good it's all about this is what we're doing cover up all the other crap and I personally don't like that because it's not absolute truth and I'm trying to strive towards balance and absolute truth and so I'm going on either extreme it's not serving me well so I have to say I'm gonna 
not fully divest from it, but I'm not going to fully invest in it, if that makes any sense. I'll, I'm going to talk about that later because I have thoughts on it, but I haven't fleshed them out yet. But that's just something that I wanted to say. When I say that I'm politically apathetic, I'm partially politically apathetic. It's like, I'm going to still vote, but like, you're not going to see me being so passionate about, I'm going to go hard for the right wing or hard for the left wing because I'm just not. I'm just not because as I said, my 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 um, comment still stands based off of what Odell Zell said. The system does not care about you. It does not care about your feelings. It doesn't care about what you think. It just cares about continuing, period. Nope. Well, I was going to say no tampon, but I don't want to. So that's that. I just wanted to touch on that. I think it's in, it is important. It is important to be involved in systems that direct that directly impact your life to some degree like it you do need to be involved and so I don't want to become so apathetic to the point that I cannot be aware um and cannot be active so that's my new my new outlook I also wrote that gratuitous acts of kindness warm my heart they do I love that that's all that I wanted to talk about today I think diversity really oh this is the other thing that I wanted to tell you so you guys know that I shared with you guys on a podcast a while back I forgot what it was called but I shared with you guys on the podcast what I was sharing with you about um my experience going to a diversity inclusion equity training and how they were talking about you know different social identities and they talked about which ones do you think about the most which ones do you think about the least and so we did that same exact situation in this in this training that we did today talking about diversity and I love that the because I was so ready to share my my idea the like the connection that I made that I shared with you guys a while back but before I can even get to it and share it the presenter she already went straight to it. She was like, hey guys, so I'm about to go out on a limb and I'm going to make some assumptions. And you know what they say, assumptions, you make assumptions, you'll make a um a butt out of yourself. But I'm going to go out on and make an assumption and feel free to tell me if I am wrong. But if you said that you think about your... um." If you say that you think about your language elise, you probably speak the dominant language of the country that you're in. If you say that you think about religion um, the least, it's probably because you're not really religious, so it doesn't really apply to you, or your religion is the dominant religion of the place that you're living in. She was like, if you said that you think about your gender the least, it's probably because you're cisgendered. If you think about da-da-da-da, so on and so forth, it's probably because X, Y, Z. And she was like, it's probably also because you hold privilege in that area if you're thinking about those identities the least. And I said, not this girl validating my connection, not her validating my parallel. Like, I was so happy to see that what I was thinking because, mind you, when I went to the the first training that I went to, you know, from the first video, they did not say anything about that. They just said, what do you think about the least? What do you think about the most? And they just left it at that. And I was thinking on that. I'm like, whoa, hold on. I'm seeing a connection. The ones that you think about the least are most likely the identities that you hold privilege in. And the ones that you think about the most are most likely the ones that you hold little privilege in. So, or less privilege, however you want to put it. 
And I was thinking about that. And then I get to this presentation today talking about the same thing. And I was like, whoa, she said it too. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. I might actually be right. I was on to something. I was, I wasn't even on to it. I was on it wasn't even on to something I was on it so I was very happy to see that and I told her I was like I'm so happy that you talked about that because in xyz I just explained what I explained to you guys and I was like you know I just thank you that you validated me because that was something that I was thinking about she was like you know what I'm happy that you validated me because I've just done this presentation so many times that I just saw a common trend within the answers that people were giving that it was safe to make that assumption. And I and I saw that parallel too. I'm like, oh my gosh. So she was alone in her thinking, but she was like, I'm just going to assume and make this point, make this connection. And I was doing the same thing and we met today and we connected. So that was so fun to see to hear to be around other than that the us the experience was great um let me try to find the the name of the so i think that is called okay i named that podcast that i was just referring to if you want to hear more about the breakdown and stuff it is called Intersectionality in Social Identities and Privilege. Ah, that's so freaking cool. I was so happy that you, that, that was right. Anyway, so yeah, let me just touch back on my habit trackers. So my habit trackers is I want to get out of the bed. Um, it's as soon as my alarm wakes up, I don't want to work in my bed anymore because I've been doing that a lot lately and it just decreases my productivity. I want to work out at least every day or Maybe I'm going to set a goal to three to five times a week, hopefully. So that'll build in like some wiggle room. But I'm just going to say four times a week for now. I want to work out four times a week. Um, Lately, what I've been doing is I've been jump roping. So today and yesterday, I've done it so far. And yesterday, I found this new little rhythm that I got. So I jump rope, right? And I usually would just jump rope at the top of my driveway. But now, I been jump roping backwards down the driveway and then I jump rope back up the driveway and sometimes I'll switch like directions so I'll be at the bottom of the driveway and then I'll jump rope back up to to the what's it call it like I'll be jumping backwards up the driveway and I find that doing the incline because my driveway is not flat it's an incline so doing that actually works me out a lot more and it makes the the exercise more dynamic if you will (laughs) one of the presenters kept saying that so now it's in my head it really does make the exercise dynamic like I found myself working a lot more muscles in my legs because I had to concentrate on going up that hill down that hill while also jumping while also being steady so it really worked me out I did a couple of sprints to go get my dog from down the street so I actually really enjoyed it it was fun that was cool so that's something that I want to continue I want to um read more I already I think I already told you guys about this but I use speechify and I basically will just upload pdfs to speechify the app and it reads it to me um it's a little it takes a little bit of adjusting because the reader kind of sounds like the free version of it the reader sounds like siri so it's it can be very choppy but for the most part it does what it needs to do so that I can read a lot more passively like I read books in three days, two days tops now because like 
they take no more than like six to eight hours, especially at the reading pace that I go. Cause I think I go like for a normal, for a normal pace, I'll go like 300 words a minute. Sometimes if I want to slow it down and actually savor the book, I'll do like 280, 270, but sometimes that'd be too slow. So 300 words per minute it's pretty good so it chops down the reading time love it and I use it for school I just upload my documents from school up there I use it for the papers that you know or the assignments that I do because they have um what do you call it what do you call it like a a, a pop-up or an insert you know a google tool you know what I mean where it's like you can download something anyways they have it where you can use it in google Docs, so i use it there i'm just rambling at this point and it's so not necessary so i'm gonna stop rambling um i hope you guys were encouraged by something that i said today i hope you could take something away from this podcast i know that i ran around the country um just talking about anything and everything i know that i took so long to get to many of the points that i had like the first point that i made was enough but instead i wanted to keep on going keep on going and i'm not going to apologize anymore because it just is what it is you have the choice to listen to this and if you didn't want to listen to it that is your fault that you sat here and listened to it so i'm not going to apologize because you know, yes, I could have done better. I could take responsibility for that, but I can't take responsibility for how you may feel about it because again, you made the choice. So I hope you can take that home with you to know because I tell Hannah this all the time and she tells me that this really does resonate with her that I can leave. (laughs) If I don't like this, I cannot choose not to listen to this. That is a choice that I have. So that brings it all the way back full circle to what I talked about um at the beginning of this podcast of what came to me at the beginning of my morning choices choose a choice make a choice that best serves you what does best serve mean for me best serving me means best serving god at that point like choose something that best serves god best serves my spirit my soul my mind which is something choosing a choice that is peaceful or positive or productive or prosperous or you know something and doing all that through a godsend perspective because that's you know that's me so you have the choice to choose whatever what best serve you in that morning if listening to me run around in circles is not gonna best serve you then you best (laughs) you best get on you best get on get get on head go head over yonder i'm just saying that's so rude i'm not i didn't mean it like that y'all know that i love you and I want you to listen and I want you to be here. So I'm not going to tell you to go ahead over yonder. You come on back over yonder. Anyways, I said that I was going to stop running and I am like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, anyways, I'm going to go ahead and do homework and I'm just going to be productive tonight. It's eight o'clock. Let's see what I can do. Anyways, as always, my friends, peace, positivity, productivity, prosperity, and I got to set perspective to you and everyone you know. And until next time, bye.